Sharks. My name is Matt Kronberg. And I'm Sam Chasen. We're here today seeking $250,000 for 5% of our company, Storage Dollars. Oh, guys. Hey, Supers. Welcome back to another Shark Tank, Tank Tales. Uh, I'm your host, Super Joe Pardo. And today I have a super entrepreneur here who was just in the tank about a month and a half ago, back on October 14th, which was episode four of season 14 of Shark Tank. So whatever you're doing right now, I need you to stop what you're doing and give some loud super claps for Super Sam Chasen. How you doing, Sam? Dude, doing incredible. It's been uh, it's been a pretty wild ride since the episode airing. So it's kind of crazy to think about. It's only been what five or so weeks since then. Life is life, life has been on on fast forward. So, <laughs> but happy to be here. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm happy to, that you were able to take the time to be here today. I'm glad I was able to take the time for you to be able to be here as well. Um, but let's let's get started as we always do. Uh, what was your relationship with Shark Tank prior to getting to even think that you were going to get to go on Shark Tank? Yeah, I mean, it truly was like a childhood dream for me. That's, that's the show that I watched with my family Friday nights, whether it was live at the, in the beginning or like, you know, DVR at the end. Uh I mean, it was, I probably have seen 200 plus episodes. And then of course, during the application process, we watched a similar amount of the episodes too. It became kind of like game film, right? So we wanted to go into the show, have the best possible performance. And just that came at like watching hours and hours and hours of the show and making sure we were prepared for pretty much any question that was going to be thrown our way. You know, it, it's it's amazing um, to see so many people that grew up watching the show now, like coming in, into their own. I mean, when when the show aired in two thousand nine, how old how old were you? So I was born ninety eight. So, oh wow! Okay, so I mean, you were like eleven. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome though. I mean, that's that is super. Like, it, it's incredible to see the. Uh, ripple effect that it has amongst you, you know a, a generations of people not just older people that were already you know uh, 30 plus or 40 plus 50 plus at the time in which the show started to air but now having all these different entrepreneurs coming through that are uh in like their 20s you know and yeah. and be like yeah i grew up watching this from the time that you know i, I mean i'm sure there were tv shows you watched prior to that but like probably not to the extent of uh, 200 plus episodes and, and wanting to uh, enact out, you know, any questions, answering any questions you could possibly have uh, for being on the show. Yeah. I mean, transparently, it's probably the show that I've watched the most episodes of ever in my life. I'm not like a, a TV binger where I've seen like a show three or four or five times. So that's a show that's probably the only one that I've actually have watched multiple episodes multiple times and, I mean, it's a show that, you know, if it's on air and you're in a foreign country, it's like, oh, you know, I'll watch it with the family at Shark Tank. So it's a it's a it's a crowd pleaser for sure. It is. I mean, it's, it's always there's it's it's always incredible to me how there's look, they're all businesses, right? To, well, to a certain extent, sometimes they are just products or literally just getting <laughs> off the ground, but. Uh, they're all businesses, and they all should be talking relatively the same language, and yet every single pitch is so unique and so different uh, and it, that it is intriguing to, to be able to just binge watch. I mean, that's one of the things that people love doing on this channel is just been watching the heck out of the channel because it's just, you know, pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch, story after right. story after story, and um, it just it doesn't get it doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. 
Yeah, and it's definitely, after having watched so many episodes, I mean, there is some intricacies, but a lot of it is kind of a highlight reel. Like, you'd be surprised how many questions, of course, they did ask in the show that weren't aired. Like, when I go back and watch the episode, I just rewatched it um, yesterday, obviously, before this episode, too. <laughs> and watching it again, it's actually kind of crazy. Like, half the episode was the negotiation, right? I mean, they asked, they asked like, four or five questions, right? And when we were actually on the show, it was an hour plus, and we got peppered with questions straight for 45 minutes from shark here, shark here, shark here, shark here. Um, so in, interesting in the way that they actually ended up chopping it up. Um, and I think it definitely painted us in a, in a quality light. Um, because there were that many offers, they definitely wanted to air that. It was like an interesting, exciting part of it. But uh, watching all the different episodes, you're not going to get all the questions that you'd potentially be asked on air. I mean, it's, it's essentially like a normal... Uh, VC, like Q and A, right? So you want to go online and say, hey, what are the shark questions that are asked on Shark Tank? But also, like, what are just the top like three hundred VC questions you might get? And that's those are the ones that we studied. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and uh, so yeah, a lot of people don't realize that they're there for you know a forty five minute plus. Uh, I mean, longest I think I've heard is like over two, just over two hours uh, there on the carpet and. And that's like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, sometimes the sharks are too in impatient or it seems like they're, you know, it's like, no, they've been sitting in there for a while. Like there was probably a long gap where they just yeah. kind of like stood and stared off into space while they were crunching numbers in their head. And like, does this make sense for me? Which I'm a big proponent of figure out what those potentials are as many as potentials there are and have answers for those potentials, you know, those potential offers. Like what if it's a hundred percent? What if it's, you know, 80% or 40% right there. Like, you know, and you come in asking for like, Hey, I, I'll give you 5% for our, you know, 500,000. And it's like, Oh, well, what, what if they come back and it's like, th you know, 30, oh, I'm, I'll push them back down now. Well, maybe, maybe, but you got to have a lot of great answers for uh, them. And, and, uh, and that's one thing the, the live episode really, uh, <laughs> really <laughs> exemplified that like the tar sharks are talking over each other and stuff. And people, a lot of people did not seem to love that. And it's like, well, th you know, this is a highly TV, a highly edited TV show. So you're not seeing all of that. And you can hear it. Like, and I'm sure you've picked up on this, Sam. Like, watching that many uh, episodes and that many pitches, like, you can hear the sharks talking over each other. If you listen closely in certain points, in, in certain pitches, you can hear, like, somebody in the background that they tried to, like, cut that, you know, cut that mic, but it still came through because they were talking so loud. Yeah, 100%. I mean, with something, I mean, it's, it's definitely like a feeding frenzy like they talk about, too. So not only did we have questions prepared, but like you just said, too, we had every single scenario of, hey, this equity asks for this money, this equity asks for this money. And we had to go in there and say, hey, like, this is our hard line. Things are going to get wild. Emotions are going to get high. You're going to get excited. You have a, a celebrity shark saying, hey, I'm going to give you hundreds of thousands of dollars for a piece of your company. Like Mark even said at one point, he's like, you know, it's not about the money. And when you rewatch that again, it's kind of hysterical to watch. Like, so we went in there. It was like a hard line. Hey, we're not going to give away less than 15%. Um, and I think that's also kind of why when Robert gave us the offer for 20, there's, of course, room for negotiation there. Um, but Mark was the target shark when he gave us something under 15% with the money that we asked for. Like, you know, that's like the, the negotiation room that we have. Let's, you know, not focus on another shark that is, you know, 10, 5% above our, our ceiling already. Let's just go after the one that's already 3% below. So, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, so we'll get to we'll, we'll get to the more into the tank in a little bit. But um, how? So did you did you uh, apply to be on Shark Tank, or did they find you? No. So yeah, we applied. I applied during uh, my senior year of college back in i guess technically 2019 into 2020 uh we went through a couple stages of the application process at the time i was like oh my gosh we're like pretty much on the show uh and then the <laughs> pandemic hit they're supposed to get back to us in two or so months didn't get back to us for like five or six um uh, it was pretty much you know just good luck next year you know where and i'm like oh maybe they're not even doing the uh shark tank for this year and of course they were so after having then gone through the application process two years later uh we were definitely not at the end <laughs> so i applied in 2019 technically and then applied in 2021 in december which then was mostly 2022 um and it was a part-time job for about nine months um and then including even after the the filming aspect to the whole the swearing to secret secrecy and trying to figure out, hey, like, how do we schedule certain aspects of our business growth, not knowing when we're going to air? Are we going to air in, you know, end of September? Are we going to air in March? Like, you have no idea. So there was a ton of buildup there, um, a ton of work done both pre and post uh, our actual filming of it to try to get the most value out of it. But I would say it was at least five hours a week for like eight eight months combined of of the work from application to video submission to additional video submission to like live pitching, recorded pitching. They they would give us homeworks is really what they what they were. So it's like you're in school again, (laughs) which is kind of hysterical. The irony, the irony of that yeah. being right up against you leaving school and, and taking on a second job that's, you know, a second part-time job that's, uh, you know, could be like the biggest turning point <clears throat> in your life, you know, um, yeah. getting getting to be on. And, and I think it's ironic that you said, uh, you know, I, I, th- I thought we were so, you know, we were getting close to being, you know, we're basically on Shark Tank at this point and, and then it, 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 you know, dissolved on you. I mean, they... For, you know, from what other Shark Tank entrepreneurs have, have uh, divulged into is like, you don't know, like you, I mean, you just don't know, like you, you could have, you know, your pitch could have just not made it for some reason. Um, there was something that they didn't like, and then it, they just never aired it. So even if you get there, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily happen. Even the people that were on the live show, they had backups there uh, or, yeah. in, it, you know, there who, who maybe maybe those people will reach out someday to, to have a conversation with me. But, you know, even the Curie uh, uh, lady from from Curie, like she didn't know until two hours before she was supposed to be there that like, oh, yeah, you're the fill in and like, come on down. Like, let's go. And she's like, I'm on top of a mountain right now. Like, OK, let me <laughs> run down this mountain and get in my car. And like, I didn't even have time to shower. Yeah, it, it was interesting because like we'd already spent a ton of time in that first year. And then once I applied, I applied the second year, two years later, kind of on a whim. And once we'd invested, you know, 50 plus hours in this, it's like, you know, it's like we have to at this point just dial in. Right. You have to believe 100 percent that you are destined to not only be on the show, but do an incredible job. Because not even just going on the show, airing. um and getting a deal or not it's like we could go on the show air maybe even get a deal but it's like a really terrible viewing of for us right it's a bad performance they're making fun of us they it's a blood-sucking deal and we get roped in end up saying yes because it sounds exciting right so we decided you know what, let's when an assignment came in when shark tank would reach out about anything regardless of what other people were saying 
we took it extremely seriously. This was top priority. We say we were working on a deal with the university. We were hiring someone. It's like Shark Tank event. All right, cool. Like that's what we're focusing on. And because at a certain point, it's like we now spend 100 hours, 200 hours. Like, is this all going to be lost and have nothing to show for it? Like, no, let's actually do it. Let's do it right. Um, let's kind of gamify the show as much as possible in a sense to try to make sure we do have the airing, the deal, and the positive press and PR. You and know, it I, worked out. I, I, so, and, it, and, and clearly it did. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to all that later. Um, you know, I, the the one thing I, I've taken away from a lot of these interviews that I've done is, is even if, you know, I, the, the, nobody's talked about the, I mean, the amount of the specific amount of hours that they've had to put in to get this. And and I always ask, like, about the balancing that plus the business plus family plus other obligate, you know, the girlfriend, yeah. the, the significant other, the whatever, the boyfriend, <laughs> whoever, it, it, whoever's important in your life, you know, the dog, the cat, the turtle sure. um you know but but looking at it from from a time investment standpoint you know i i do you feel that you're you were better off for, better off even if you didn't get to air just going through all those questions and, and maybe you know prepare because i mean obviously you grew up watching shark tank so you're um more prepared than some other people that had like never really watched it or watched it a little bit just in the last couple of years um to be able to answer those questions and then apply that knowledge to what you're like oh crap like this number is definitely not looking like it should and i thought it was but when we went and double checked the math didn't check out <laughs> Yeah. So there's definitely some numbers like when you're running a business on your own and you have no investors, there's things you kind of just make assumptions on sometimes and go with a gut gut check on it. So it forced us to get a lot more legit and granular about mostly like our numbers. Um, and actually, as a result of going on the show, we, we had somebody that was recommended to be a fractional CFO. And we've now since hired them um, from our experience working with them, too. So there was positive effects there. <laughs> um, and if we're currently not raising capital right now, um, and we weren't before, but in the in the weeks prior, in the weeks post the episode or even post like the uh, airing and such like that and um, filming, we would ask a question about, you know, what's your blended customer acquisition cost? And like just to have that offhand. Um, from a sales perspective and also just knowledge of the business and just confidence going into a season in which we're going to be doubling our operations, doubling our reach, like investing in dollar that we've made in this company back in again. Uh, it, it's important to have not only the actual facts at hand, but have peace of mind to say, you know, yeah, I know we've been growing and we've been saving money, we've been making more money, but in reality, saying, okay, you know, our customer acquisition cost has gone down, you know, $7 based on that rent. Okay, cool. Now we can confidently go back in and spend three acts on those paid ads this year and not just like, you know, it's been 100 grand and hopefully it works. Last year we spent 50 grand. No, it's been $128,000. That's the direct return that we need. So it's good. Um, it, it's it's going to become a lot more students of, of the game as opposed to just going out there and, and making a splash. Well, I, I, look, I, I mean, I, I wrote a book called Sales Won't Save Your Business, and it's all about those numbers that. Like, you know, you can always sell, 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 but you're going to leave a mess behind you. And if you're not tracking that mess, uh, you're very likely to start falling behind and not even realize that you're falling, yeah. like that you're actually like, hey, we made all these sales, like, cool. But like, 
we we have we have a, a money problem. We still can't pay the <laughs> we can't pay the bill. Still, what the heck, like what the heck is going on, right? And um, so it's a lot of like little things like that that I think is by challenging yourself and and trying to find not only um, like the customer acquisition costs and the and the 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 generic numbers that a lot of businesses that go on Shark Tank are asked about. Um, sure. But like making up your own metrics, right? Your own uh, key key performance indicators, your own KPIs, right? To to be able to say, oh well, look what we were able to accomplish, and and maybe get super granular to something that like maybe a shark wouldn't ask you because they didn't know to ask you because they're not in the furniture moving you know college game. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely, I think, a lot of stuff on the recruiting side that was important to dial in on because initially, and this, that was like our biggest, that's kind of our biggest challenge is people like in any business. But for us going out, initially it was, we're going to go to our mater, we're going to kind of network out uh, geographically or through, hey, I have a friend at this school and he's got a little brother at this school and like that's a school that we should go to now. But dialing in on exactly what our metrics were for going on to a campus and our cost to get to that campus. Um, and that's a factor of, Hey, what's the cost to actually like get those supplies, but more so, Hey, historically we've hired, we've hired, let's call it 10 people across five campuses. And then right up at the finish line, like two of them will leave, whether it's cause they got COVID or they, their final exam schedule got too busy or they physically got sick or like there's a variety of things seems to kind of get some specific metrics on, Hey, this is what's going to happen when game time comes and here's how we can over prepare um, and not just, Hey, you know, let's hire three people instead of two on a campus here. It's like, what are the, what's the actual number behind that? And of course, everything's variable. Every campus is, is different. Every it's a person that you're talking about. Right. So you can't predict, you know, math's not going to solve all of your problems, but you know, every dollar matters at this point and to get it even just a, one step closer to finding that sweet spot is, is, is super important for being the most profitable. Yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. And I mean, do you, um, do you find that you have a, uh, I, I don't know if you would know the number, but like a, a higher than like a high, like your turnover rate is, do you feel that it's higher or lower uh, like say like in the last year, like, have you been, have you been able to track any of that knowledge to know, like, what can I do to get better at not having people quote unquote get sick or, or, sure. or just disappear on me there? Yeah. So the, the number of people that churn, um, from something that we did is essentially zero, right? Like we, we've been able to talk to a kid. There's a couple scenarios in which, Hey, you know, it's coming down to it. I think that like example, like my final exams are way more important. And then we're working with them. You know, like the expectation was to work this many hours and do this many things. So it's, instead of you quitting, right, let's, let's scale back. Like it's more important, at least from a business perspective too, that we have some presence, um, given that we've been working with the last like five months, then to start all of it for, from scratch, right? So, and then the other thing that's, that's hard to, that's, that's more important, right? Is that it's more of the natural turnover so we'll hire a sophomore junior in college and they'll crush it. They'll love us. We'll love them. They'll be doing incredible things. And then they're a senior, right? Or they graduate. So in comparison to a regular business to have people in like a somewhat of a best case scenario, like freshmen are great, uh, but oftentimes kind of like a sophomore is the best person to hire because they've already had 
one year of experience of actually like doing a move out. Because if you hire a freshman, it's kind of hysterical because they've never actually done the move out before, right? And they've never actually taken their phone first final exams. They're in the target demographic that we're trying to uh, appeal to of saying, hey, here are the huge pain points that you have. So we've had the most like overall success with the sophomore. Um, they've already gone through the process. They've already gone, they, they know what's going on. And then they work for us maybe sophomore, junior year. And by the time it gets to senior year, they're like, I'm not going to do the the move out, not the move in. So they work best case scenario, like around two years, maybe two and a half, and they pass off the, the torch. So turnover is very aggressive, um, which is why we're kind of working towards some some different methods to, to lower that turnover and more so just increase the customer life cycle. So those sophomores and juniors can help us advertise to incoming freshmen or maybe graduating seniors too. So it's a little more valuable. So we get some more bang for their buck. Yeah. Well, I think a key point there, you said very early on being, you know, trust, <laughs> you know, when you have somebody <laughs> you trust, it's, you know, you're willing to work with them. And we have uh, people at our, our repair shop uh, that, you know, have, have scaled back their days of the week that they're willing to work because, you know, they're not, you know, 25, 30, 35, 40 years old where they have like a lot of uh, need for as much money. And, and you know, they, they're like in their 50s. Um, and, it, you know, but but it's like we trust them to that level. It's like, yeah, OK, like we're, we're going to concede here because we don't want to lose the the uh, well, in this case, it's the expertise. But the, but in your case, it's the trust factor of like somebody's going to actually show up. Somebody's going to actually do what they're supposed to do and not damage the thing, uh, lose the thing, steal the thing, set fire to sure. the, like whatever the thing is. Like, it's so important that you have that trust and uh, to be able to get any of uh, access to that trust, I think is, is more important than, than like, yeah, we need you to work like 60 hours a week and that's part-time for us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to dial on that real quick too. I mean, we, fortunately we've never had any issues with, you know, people stealing things or, or oh, in yeah. that sense, but, I would no, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah, no, but at the same time, you're, you're absolutely correct. Right. Like if we've worked with some, we're managing all these operations remote, like I'm not, going to high point university and helping out with the move in right so when we're hiring someone and we're hiring them potentially in the fall right and then we're interviewing them we're getting them excited for the spring we're doing weekly calls with them january february march april like you said it's the trust right it's for us to know that i'm not going to go to sleep and wake up the next morning and they're going to be gone i I don't really care about this anymore they've already invested so much time in us we've invested so much time in them um, they're not going to quit on the finish line. And obviously having to rely completely on college students for an operation is, has been a little, has been pretty scary. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're, we're kind of weaving in some other methods, the madness to, to make sure this is fully scalable and kind of putting people in their respective categories where they can operate in best. Uh, but that's also why you have, you don't just have one person on a campus or two people on a campus, right? We'll have maybe three to four people in leadership and then below them they'll have 20 to 70 movers right wow. and that mover might have worked a season or two prior so worst case scenario if somebody does have does get sick or they twist an ankle or something like that um when it comes down to the actual operational side fortunately we've built out the technology where it's hey figure it out take follow the website and go through watch this room you know take this picture bring it on this truck bring it over here um, so it's kind of foolproof in that sense and just making sure that we have someone that's going to put a smile on their face, show up on time, and the rest kind of falls into place after that. 
No, that sounds like some you, you got some good systems in place there for the fact that you are working with college students who, you know, have a lot of things going on themselves. You know, it's not yeah. like that it's just them and worrying about moving stuff. And uh, it absolutely sounds amazing to have that many people operating on a per campus. I mean, that must mean that you guys have quite a few people signing up for your services to be able to support yeah. that. Yeah, it's uh and college students are incredible. Like, I mean, the things that some of these kids do is crazy, right? And that's the reason why we're also successful as well is across the board, we can have, hey, like, here's the things that work really well for marketing, for operations, right? But every animal, every campus is a different animal and a different beast. So it's so important to have that sophomore, that junior that's in the target demographic, they're on campus. They not only know how to like get around the best, you know, the best routes, but they know, hey, you talked about, you know, setting up a table outside the dining hall to advertise to kids, you know, like that's just not going to work here, right? Like you actually need, we should just go directly to the fraternities and sororities and speak at their chapter meetings or another school is like, no, like they don't allow like kids to come in and speak at the chapter. So um, it's incredibly important to have them. Um, they're the reason why we are so successful. And that's that personal touch also as well from, hey, you know, you're, you have your 18 year old daughter, they're moving out. Think about as a parent, you know, what's what's your most recent moving experience? Like who's showing up at your door? You know, maybe you don't want that type of persona showing up in your daughter's dorm room. So now let's let's have, you know, this person that's in your daughter's chemistry class is the same age come up and show up. So full spectrum. Um, there's there's a ton of value both on both sides, and we're providing a ton of value to them. Um, so it's just making sure that we we use our expertise to have the, as much fallbacks as possible to make sure the customer never suffers, which they haven't, fortunately. Yeah, I mean, well, that, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a great point about uh, the accountability aspect too of the students going to that school. So, like, you know, obviously, you would weed out anybody who wouldn't necessarily be desirable to have in your, you know, in your company uh, to begin with. But so that's one safety check, right? Somebody doing sure. some kind of safety check there. Um, they're also attending the school, so like. If they did something that was not uh, okay or good or or whatever the, was the thing, um, they you know they're gonna they could lose their scholarships and their opportunity to be at said school that you know they so that's like a whole nother like safety thing plus the legal ramifications plus the uh, lawyers or whatever you know what I mean like there's so many aspects of of safety than just having like literally anybody show up to uh do it who doesn't necessarily have you know uh skin in the game if you will uh for that school no you're 100 right i mean because when you think about it too let's say we have 300 kids sign up on a campus and you have two leaders there i mean there's a good chance that at least 20 to 30 at a minimum are people that these college students know personally so for someone to just like not show up on their scheduled move time on the storage college website the first instinct is hey let me text X person that I know works for storage college. They're my friend or they're on the website. I've seen them out on campus. So there's, there's a double level of accountability there, which is, is, is played great for us from both a customer acquisition standpoint, but then also customer retention, but also like an employee retention. And they're not just going to not show up on that day because it's their professional reputation as well as their personal reputation ends up coming into play. Oh, absolutely. So jumping back into the tank or heading towards the tank, how, um, how how did you work out your your valuation offer uh, before going into the tank? 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was based off of a like a revenue and a profit multiple, um, and at the same time too, something that actually wasn't even. When I think about it too, it probably would have been awesome to uh, have this as part of our negotiations. But there's some other intangibles that were at play. Like one was right. There's no one else in the space that has this custom technology that they're building from the ground up. So it's it's hard to put a value on that fully. But we kind of gave it a dollar amount. We used we did a, like a revenue um, multi out of that together, as well as hey, like here's where we're planning. Uh, here's what we like the growth we've seen these last three years. Let's very very conservatively show where we think we're going to be the next year. And let's kind of factor that all in together. I think a lot of people are like, hey, our projections the next two, three, four years for X. Like, ours was, hey, here's the concrete numbers. Like, I didn't actually think our valuation was um, fully out of the stratosphere by any means. Um, but, I mean, the valuation we got, I think, was was definitely undervaluing the company in some sense. But that's, that's, you're going to get a haircut regardless if you go into the Shark Tank. Yeah, I mean, that is uh, generally the the takeaway is that it's you're not, you know, going to get something. So you need to work, uh, you know, be able to have flexibility. And you went in with 250,000 for 5% uh, with your your partner, uh, Matt, um, which, you know, I, I didn't think was too, too, you know, too out of the realm um, overall. Uh, but as as we've seen, t- you know, time and time again, the higher, the more hundreds of thousands you add, right? The 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 higher that number is, the less likely you are to get a deal, regardless of of percentage. Um, sure. Just because the amount of risk, you know, they're not willing to like throw five hundred thousand dollars, half a million dollars at every every possible like business and and hope for the best. Um, especially when we're talking about like 5% or anything under 10% when you start getting up there. But, um, but no, I, so you end up with, with, uh, with four offers, which is, you know, ding worthy for sure. Cause not everybody <laughs> gets to go in there and, and have four offers to work with. Um, you, you, you alluded earlier that you, uh, you were looking to work with Mark. Uh, so was that, that was that was the goal from the from the get go. Like whatever we got to do to get Mark on board here. Yeah, I mean, if we had a shark that gave us an offer at the valuation that we presented, like we would have gone with. That. Um, but Mark had the most relevancy to our problem, right? Like he super gung ho about college debt and like our mission, and that's the website.com. It's a live counter showing the college debt crisis in comparison to the credit card debt crisis in America. Um, he also has a couple college adjacent investments. Um, and at the same time, his daughter's a freshman at Vanderbilt, right? So, I mean, like the first thing he asked us, like literally within 15 minutes of us getting off stage was an email from him being like, hey, can you move my daughter out of Vanderbilt this year? So I think having, it's a, a school that we're expanding to this year. He's obviously an Indiana University alum, like working with Mr. Wonderful, like we're we're based in the U.S. right now, so like we couldn't even use necessarily like someone like his alma mater, um, leveraging that right away too. So he he has, I think, the somewhat of like the biggest star power, just because he's invested in the most com- the, the wealthiest. I mean, he owns an NBA basketball team too. So it's from a, a direct relevancy to the problem, our mission, as well as us going out and trying to like recruit different college students on these campuses, have his name the biggest face behind it i think was was most important to get the biggest like the best value out of this episode 
Yeah, no, I would I would totally agree. I mean, when you look back at the at the offers that were on the table, they all wanted to be at 20 percent for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I have it here. I guess Kevin and Damon offered five hundred thousand for 40 percent at one point. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like to laugh at offers because, I mean, it's it's something. Um, But I yeah, that that was just uh, pretty unrealistic. And and your reasoning for wanting to go with Mark, um, I think, was very valid. And he he does. I think he I believe he speaks at a lot of universities and colleges any as well so uh he has a lot of those those relationships um that you know would be would be great plus again the nba team thing it definitely uh puts a cool factor uh towards students that wouldn't necessarily know or maybe even care who any of the other sharks are yeah i mean like we before this episode right we were storage scholars like we are of like we were trying to be the uber block of moving in storage but that's something you have to really be a customer to get that full experience to understand like how valuable we are um so to be able to have the you could call like on a college company the clout right hey we are a mark cuban backed shark tank company it's already increased the level of like applications that we're getting but not only the level like the number of applications but it's the quality right like beforehand we may have been presenting an offer for a spring internship to a student. They have storage scholars to compare to, and then their traditional, what's called their traditional banking internship. And for them, it's like, you know, I really need to go with the banking internship or whatever one's relevant to their major just because it has that much more clout on their resume. Um, so now that we have storage scholars, Shark Tank, Mark Cuban, we've already seen some people be like, you know, no, actually we prefer to work for storage scholars because it's, a name that's recognizable right i mean it's you can go out and you can work for a billion dollar company but if no one knows the name of it like on a resume they have to do research about what this company is it's less valuable i think in like an open marketplace and saying hey you know i was a solution at apple right okay everyone knows apple it's easy it's relatable um so being relatable to a college student from an employment perspective is was kind of our biggest goal out of the episode yeah yeah no i I, it definitely is uh it definitely is recognizable so you uh you get you get four offers you take a deal with mark cuban who uh saw the value to even be able to go to 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 go down to five you know five percent over what your your asking was and uh and you walk out you guys are feeling great what's what's some of the things you first things you guys did once you left the tank Uh, I mean, in, in the moments following, right, it, it was still very surreal, right? Like, did that really just happen? Like, you're on TV, right? Like, you're in the studio, and you walk out, and we got out at, like, you know, 8 p.m., and we got in there around, our call time was at 10. We didn't get out till it was dark, right? It's kind of a whirlwind. Like, this, you wake up the next morning, you pinch yourself. It's like, I've been preparing for this moment and visualizing this moment, yet when it actually came... It's like, did that really just happen? Like, was it, this is my childhood dream. Was I really just on Shark Tank? Are we even going to air? Right? Like, there's still been, it's like as soon as that, like, you get over that hump of it's then the next goal. Okay, well, now let's make sure we do air, right? So let's make sure we can get this deal closed. So it's, you know, let's make sure that we, you know, it doesn't leak out and no one else finds out. So potentially that's why we don't get aired. So it was, that it just became what's the next job? What's the next goal? What's the next objective? Um, which is kind of the, the mindset that we've been living and breathing for this company, honestly, my life and, and Matt's life last 24 plus years. So 
Tay, we put all this work in. We got here. Now let's just go here. Now let's go here. Let's go here. Let's go here. Let's reap the most out of this opportunity. And so uh, your so when when did you record? Was that in uh, like July or? Yeah, it was it was, was mid July. Yeah, and then so you so you're probably kind of pretty busy right after that too, like you know gearing up for the for the spring or fall, I should say. Yeah, and and that was a big thing, right? It was kind of making sure it was it was a balance, right? Once again, it was hey, we invested all these hours. We could have been spending now because we we filmed in July, but there was of course a ton of prep and practice that was happening in June and May, and that's our peak season, right? Like, do we spend these ten hours this week going out and maybe making another? Twenty, thirty thousand dollars in revenue and like spending that time doing that and or do we just double down on charting and say hey like this is our top priority and it, it was a fine balance we ended up just working more probably <laughs> um but at the same time it was hey like we really believe that long term the effects of this episode the effects of this deal of this partnership if done correctly are going to be more valuable than the short-term gains of some more money and and kind of finding that balance not only for ourselves, but also with our team, right? And then kind of stepping up and be like, hey, they're working on this special project. Uh, you know, like <laughs> Matt and Sam are off doing their own thing right now. And we're just gonna, we're gonna make sure we're handling the business was is incredibly important. Um, I mean, thank goodness we have the team that we have. And at the end of the day, like, thank goodness it worked out, right? If we'd gone on and it flopped, right? We like, we fumbled the ball and, you know, we, we mumbled some questions and they made fun of us and they said this was a joke of a business and they laughed right not only it didn't help us it actually hurts us right like a joke um it was all that time invested so super important that we that we had a good result and i think at the end of the day it fortunately the the risk paid off absolutely absolutely did yeah i mean the time investment i mean time is the most valuable resource we have and to be able to uh invest it in in uh, you know something like shark tank or you know if it's your own you know going for a vc or or um pitching anything to anybody right getting anybody on board with that with your team i think is 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 super valuable and i think having um i think it speaks volumes to uh to uh to you and Matt that you were able to have your team in place uh, that and, and have the trust that they were going to continue to operate uh, without necessarily having you guys right there. And I mean, it wasn't, I mean, July to October is not that long. Like it, it might sound like it's a long, like a long way away. And it could have been, you know, like you could have been airing in like May, you know, you could have been like the, one of the last episodes of the season. Um, yeah. So you know it, it could be it could have been that long, uh, but I, I guess my my other question to go with that is is did you did you have a lot of work on the server side? Uh, was it is it was it your brother or, or Matt's brother that developed the the technology? Your brother, yeah. So did yeah. he? Did you have a lot of work on that side to get prepared? Because like a lot of these companies that go on Shark Tank are using Shopify and Shopify doesn't have that problem of like our site goes down like you know because shark tank happened and they hug the website and it goes goes dead um <laughs> i i mean did you did you guys have to bolster yourself at all uh or you were already more than prepared a, a a tremendous amount i mean there's a lot of work put into the what if factors right In, including even like making the 
sign up process more bridged, right? Or reconfiguring the landing page and having a lot more of like, hey, come work for us as well. Um, and not just, hey, sign up because this was airing in October. People would be signing up for the services more so for like a May move out. So still months and months in advance. So, I mean, transparently, we we did a lot to set up to have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of, of viewers on the website. And in reality, I mean, we maybe got 15 kids actually signing up to use the service, which I mean, this this is, you know, eight months in advance. So that was kind of to be expected. But it was more so making sure that we were ready to if the traffic was on there, are they getting a good view, a good vision of storage scholars? Are we capturing some of their emails or phone numbers and stuff for follow up afterwards, because we know most people aren't going to make a purchasing decision, you know, six, seven, eight, nine months in advance, right? And and so I think that the value of store of um, Shark Tank is still yet to be determined fully. Of course, I mean it's, it's a lifelong process, but it's not like we went on the show, you know, we sold out our inventory, right, of 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 cardboard boxes, right, like the night of the episode. Um, which was nice that we didn't have to prepare in that sense. It was more of a virtual preparation than like a physical inventory preparation. Um, and we had our customer service team on like for like 24-7 for the Friday, Saturday, and the Sunday, just in case we were getting a ton of calls. And we didn't want to be the company that you know, doesn't answer the phone on, on Sunday, even if it is just grandma calling and saying, hey, like this was an awesome business. You know, like good job, storage college, and hangs up the phone. Like we want to make sure we're there for that. <laughs> um, and so we, we, we were prepared. Um, nothing went down. And I mean, I think we're still excited to, to kind of see what is what is um, and being having full more full transparency of really what we are, and who we do and how that's going to affect what this year brings for us. Yeah, I mean, that that is a big uh, a blessing in disguise, right? Like you don't necessarily have that sellout moment. But uh, I was taught when I was taught to. Uh, uh, Chris from uh, Dua More, uh, du- I should say. Uh, you know, he didn't have that issue either because not everyone's getting engaged tomorrow, you know, and uh, so it's or, or getting married tomorrow as well. So, you know, it's like you, you, you get that you do get a, a push, but you're not necessarily getting, you know, seeing like instant sales like boom, 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 boom. Man, I can't wait to get all that money into the account uh, quick enough. I can't get in the, you know, in the account quick enough versus like, you know, we're, 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 it's, it's, you know, six months down the road, it's a year down the road, maybe it's four years down the road, you know, cause yeah. my kids are in ninth grade and you know, they're not going to college till, you know, for another four sure. years. So, you know, it, it's, it's just one of those things, the, uh, and then the replay of, uh, ability of the episode, I mean, getting the land, uh a, a deal with mark now speaking of that did you have you closed your deal yet with mark or are you still in um negotiations slash uh due diligence yeah so it's we should be closing in the next probably week or so uh, i mean really the the, mo- the most complex thing has not been a negotiation back and forth for like him and us it's actually more of like a formation documents and how that affects us tax wise and restarting our clock for different tax benefits and such like that and us becoming educated on that making sure we're doing the correct thing and not just kind of rushing into it um because fortunately like the money that we got we don't need today right it's more of a money that we'll be using in the springtime so we haven't had to rush in that sense and mark has already been available to us it's not like hey i'm not going to talk to you until you like officially close your deal so that also value i think is yet to be fully discovered because it's like hey here's what he's helping us with now i mean in 
I'm assuming, hey, he's probably going to help us a lot more once he's actually like officially invested in the company. Because of course we could pull at any point, but we're not pulling out. Um, we should close in the next couple of days. So it's it's ironic that this that this is the episode we're having right now. I mean, we're Woo! going back and forth the last couple of hours, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's uh, that process. Of course, was similar to Shark Tank, where it's just it's long, man. <laughs> like it, it's not, it's not a, Hey, you know, you sign on the dotted line. I mean, we could, we, they sent us documents. We probably could have just signed, signed, signed and been closed in a couple of weeks. But you know, it's your, it's your first time investing. I mean, this is your baby for us. You've been working for six years. This is not something we're going to sell tomorrow. So you want to make sure you fully understand what you're signing. And you know, for him too, it's like in, in most traditional VC senses, like it's actually an absurd concept that, we walked into the tank and that was the first time they'd ever heard about storage trailers. So there was still a lot of questions to be asked of, okay, like, you know, here's what we heard on the episode. Like, here's what you said on the episode, but really like, what are the actual true numbers behind it? What is the true actual value? Who's actually working? So there was some due diligence there. Um, so they've gotten over that hump from the radical investment side from Mark Cuban's team. So now it's just making sure that we're, uh, we're closing the terms in the, in the best possible way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I, I mean, the other thing is, is just, I, I would say seeing that you're seeing it through, you know, that you're not like, yeah. hey, we got the deal. We did it. We worked hundreds of hours to do this. We got the deal. Ding, 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 ding. All right, <laughs> let's just sit back and, uh, you know, we'll just kind of see what happens. No, no one. I mean, the, the biggest lesson, right? Not biggest lesson, but it, no one's going to do the work for you, right? What, whether it is, you know, mark cuban whether it it is like your your mom or your you know someone else that's like excited about this like no one's actually going to do the work for you they will guide you in the right direction they will help you open doors which is has some intangibles to that and that's the reason why we're on the show but it's not like mark's going to go out and start calling cold calling schools for us and be like hey like here's the company so it's and then the same thing happens with the deal terms, right? Like this is Mark Cuban. This is like he's invested in hundreds of companies, right? But we they still have to do their due diligence. We still have to do our due diligence and making sure that it's a deal that that's best representative, best represented for him and for us. So, no, you it's the work is never ending. Um, it only gets more complex. It only gets more difficult. Um, I think just the playing field raises and you get more used to doing things at a higher level and your bar just continues to raise. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, speaking, speaking to Mark, uh, I think, you know, I've lit, or I, I, my understanding is that there is, uh, you know, other other people that he's invested in have had a really great experience uh, working with yeah. his team and um, emailing him at like five o'clock in the morning, East Coast time, and then answering in like less than 10 minutes um, is ridiculous. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, you know, I, I think that that goes a long way uh, for for making, you know, making you feel good because I, you know, a heart uh, my great my great grandfather always said like a hard deal is a bad deal. And, you know, if you felt like you weren't being taken care of or, or that you were not even taken care of from like the deal standpoint, just like getting a bad taste in your mouth right out of the get go. It's like, Oh, well, is this how it's going to be once the the paper sign? Maybe I don't want to do this, you know, maybe cause like, as you said, you don't need the $250,000. I mean, 200, I mean, that's a lot of money. I'm not trying to downplay it, but like in the grand scheme of things, $250,000 is not much money, right? Like you could get loans to make that happen. We're talking about the price of like 
a small house here in the East Coast. <laughs> you know, it's not like $250 million or something. You know what I mean? It's not sure. some astronomical number. So, you know, it has to be a good uh, partnership, a good working relationship with the person that you're you're opening your doors to, you know, and, and inviting in to, to work with you. Um, even if they have a minority share and like ultimately couldn't do a whole lot uh, from an ownership standpoint, I think it's important that you you feel comfortable and that he feels comfortable because it's you know him interviewing you just you know just as much to see if you're going to be a pain in the ass or if you're going to be you know uh, mostly keeping up your end of the bargain. Yeah, I mean, I think it's you, you talked about a couple of really important things there, right? So it's he. he answer in less than five minutes it's actually absurd right so at the same time too it's it's just as much on us as more so on us right like his his biggest complaint like, that our team has told us is that he doesn't hear enough from the companies that he's invested in like he's he's doing this because he thinks it's really cool right like it's relevant to him he's excited for him in the same sense like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, not a ton of money so he wants to be involved as much as possible. So like he lives in Dallas, we live in Austin. Like if we drove to Dallas tomorrow, I'm sure he'd meet with us in person. We've actually talked with a, a company um, that has invested with Mark and they live in Austin. They say, hey, you know, we have like biannual meetings with him in person. And if we emailed him every day, like he's never not responded to an email. So if we emailed him 20 times in a week, like I'm sure he'd respond. So it's as much as we put in, it's as much as we're gonna kind of get out of it as well. So. He's got to be educated. He's got to know what's going on. He's got to stay updated. Because at the same time, too, if we ask him for advice on a big deal, but he hasn't heard from us in six months, like he can give us his anecdotal advice on, hey, business-wise, I mean, this is a good decision. But if he's not in the day-to-day and being updated as to what's going on, like his advice is not going to be as relevant. So we've been really diligent at making sure that he is up-to-date on exactly what's happening and at a minimum giving him these kind of weekly call like investor updates too. Um, so that way the advice and the, the, the guidance and such that he gives us and the doors that he opens um, are most pinpointed to exactly the, the stuff that we need. Yeah. Look, I always say entrepreneurs are professional problem solvers and, you know, Mark has a ton of experience, right? But like I have a ton of experience and other, lots of other people in business have lots of experience, but without that information, right. Without having being in it as much as possible, um, you're just not going to know, you know, it's like, like Elon wouldn't have been able to fix all the issues with the Tesla, like the uh, Tesla um, supply chain and the, um, the, uh, what's the, the conveyor, the, the conveyor belt, not the conveyor belt, the uh, assembly line, right. Issues. If he didn't submerge himself into being on that assembly line day in and day out, right. To understand sure. the, the real issues and then figure out the root of those issues, you know, just coming in and being like, yeah, just go do some social media, Sam. It'll be great. Great, have fun and you're like oh, oh okay but what like i but why don't we take a look at what i'm actually doing currently and then we can like see how that could be better right versus just saying yeah go do social media it'll be great thanks gary yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean and so to like close that point to it it's been really promising um and I, i'm really excited about working with mark i mean he he's he's dedicated he's i think addicted to business i don't think i know he's addicted to business and um so to have us be part of his portfolio is not even just from like a, a brand notoriety standpoint awesome but like we, we we truly have conversations with him which is awesome and 
once again too not just because like that's so freaking cool <laughs> like um <laughs> but at the same time it's also very valuable so there's there's always two sides to every every part of this and, and fortunately it's a little bit in, in the positive direction from from what i've seen so far speaking of so freaking cool tell us about your watch party what did you guys do yeah so i live in an apartment complex actually with matt and one of uh, we were looking for different venues and it happened to be the so it was the friday of acl austin city limits which is the biggest like music festival in austin so from the standpoint of people flying in people getting accommodations and also us booking venues it was probably four or six expensive or as as difficult as it would have been for a different weekend <laughs> um which was, which was interesting and also too it's like you don't like we didn't know this like months in advance this is hey you get the call you got like two three weeks to prepare this and not only are you trying to prepare like the business right but now you're also like do we want to to get the most out of that opportunity but it's hey like do we want to actually not only enjoy our watch party but also get a bunch of content from it too to be able to use for for years to come as well so we had a we were looking for venues and it worked out serendipitously they were actually filming like a TikTok um outside of our pool and a fellow entrepreneur um he essentially does top golf but for baseball um it's for that first time to ever do cool. it. yeah super, super cool is that oh, is it off of like a t or is there like how does that work it, it automatically pitches to you and you and, and you swing like it. pitches it's like, like upward and then you just smack yeah, it it shoots oh, up okay. and, and you yeah um, that's awesome i want i want to do that so, so yeah um so that's super super cool so we he actually let us have it's called home run dugout and they have like a this space out at a triple a stadium about 30 minutes away from where we lived so we got access to the stadium and, and his aspect of like the um the building and it was rolled up doors looking out onto the onto the field there was massive screens obviously just like top golf right so the actual video itself was hundreds of inches like projected up in front of everyone uh we invited probably 120 people 100 and like five of them said they couldn't come because they were like maybe school administrators or someone everyone shut up every single person like i think we got some feedback too about hey let's make the location super close like to downtown um, or let's have it like a really dope location, you know, 30, 40 minutes away. It was kind of like the equivalent of having a destination wedding. You know, it's like, who's actually going to show up? Uh, who's going to make the effort, but having it in Jamaica is way cooler than having it, you know, in, in, in downtown in some like college bar in Austin, Texas. So it, it was super emotional, honestly, and, and incredible to see the dedication from friends and family that, everyone showed up um wow. and it's once again like i'm just getting goosebumps down the story now because sometimes you don't think back to it um and everyone helped too like both my me and uh goosebumps again but like both me and uh matt, matt and i's girlfriend uh like creating a ton of content leading up to the episode like post episode um setting up the party and like making the invitation getting the food like our friends picking up the food and p- parents coming in like cleaning off i mean everything was it's a ton of work and a ton of pressure for for us as well but to know that we we had an incredible support system there um i i I bawled i cried during it like it was it's it's also crazy to think about that we'd never seen the episode so part of it as well was hey we're super excited we're inviting our family i i think we did well like i think like we answered these questions great i know we got a deal but 
we also still don't know how are we going to be depicted on TV. It's an hour long of filming and they narrowed it down to like nine and a half minutes. Like, what are they going to clip? Um, so to watch it live for the first time with like a hundred of the most important people in our lives around us, truly, um, it was insanely emotional, uh, incredibly gratifying. And it's a, a, for sure a moment I'll remember for the rest of my life. I I sure imagine you will. That is, um, that, I mean, that sounds absolutely awesome that you, you had yeah. uh, people to be able to help and uh, to be able to host it in a really cool location and have people show up. And have, I don't understand how do people say no and then show up anyway. Uh, well, no, no. So, no. So, everyone that said basically, like, we sent out let's say 120 invitations, five people oh, okay. said, like, no, we can't come. And then out of 115 that said yes, like, every single person showed up. Like, oh, wow. I mean, oh, okay. Um, and I think we just weren't even expecting everyone's like, yeah, I'll come fly in. Right. Um, yeah. and I'll <laughs> go or also this is cause we're on, we're in central time too. So it was, it was decently early on a Friday too. And some people like left work early to make sure they could get there on time. Cause we doing much research as possible. We found out we were going to be going first just based on where we were like presented on the, the summary of the episodes. It's like, shoot guys, like you come late. Like, you're gonna miss it right so people had to come on time be there like 30 minutes before and uh yeah, it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome with the goosebumps um yeah. <laughs> the uh so okay so uh oh, i forget what was i gonna ask now um oh how so how did how did uh how did the how did my video end up coming up on your radar uh, so we were monitoring uh, egregiously, like like the just kind of like the natural SEO and postings and such that come up, um, and you like you can't for, search on YouTube and find like a full clip of it. So yours was the most relevant video that came up, uh, and then of course we had so many friends and family DM us. I mean, I got a somebody texted me like a week and a half ago, and they're like, "Hey, like I just saw this, you know, he asked you to be on, you know, to come up on come on this episode, like." Like, yeah, no, I definitely saw it. Like, <laughs> probably one of the first people, probably one of the first people to see it. Um, so yeah, we were searching Google, um, YouTube, I mean, like social media. I mean, like we were on NBC, like like the the article, but then like you know we had a posting and NBC's made it Instagram, right? And like that was the result of just searching and also just friends being super like on top of it and getting things on their feeds and just sending it to us and sending it to us and us trying to repost it. And, once again, just get the most out of the experience as possible. That's well, abs absolutely. I mean, that's what I do every Friday night. The Shark Tank slide. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, to get it. I mean, it could, I get it up before uh, before it airs on the on the West Coast, even. Um, so for me, yeah. like it's you know, it's it's a it's a it's a ritual at this point. Like I, I have everything like a well machine get it to get it all up because every every minute that goes by that it's not online is a minute lost because the East Coast gets way more traffic than the West Coast. Like the West Coast mm -hmm. the West Coast is like a day they're usually like the next day. Uh, is when when like if you looked at the search traffic for the businesses and stuff, uh, it's it's definitely more towards because like they're they're watching it at like midnight East Coast time, 
or you know, since it's all uh, what nine or eight o'clock. So I'm sorry, eleven o'clock East Coast time. But by the time people are actively searching for it and stuff, it's like you're already into the next day East Coast time, and it just keeps sure. it keeps like cascading like that. But uh, but no, that's that's also it's good to know that my uh, my call to action is working. It's uh, or continuing to work. So ding ding, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> ding yourself. Yeah, I mean. Well... Once again, I mean, first of all, also like thank you for taking the time to do this and, and making this an opportunity for me in the post the post episode, but also giving us notoriety, giving us like a, a place to to send friends and family that didn't have like a Hulu subscription of hey, where can I watch the episodes? Like hey, you know, just go on YouTube and you'll you'll find. Skip it. past the guy show. that's talking. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. I <laughs> it's okay. He appreciates you watching anyway, and if you stick around, that's that's all the better. But uh, it's appreciated. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's been overall a great experience, right? From the application to the airing, to the filming, to the airing, to the post airing. Um, it's probably all that I ever could have imagined. Um, and then, but then there's also things that you can't imagine. Right. And that's, those are, those are the fun gems, the fun surprises and, um, something like this, right? Like I, transparently never seen your show before right and I, I definitely will be a viewer of it afterwards now that there's a personal connection here too but people have just been super super like, gracious with their time and their energy and there's just been so many doors that have opened up as a result of this um and i just it's exciting right and i think that this is four or five weeks after the episode i mean What's, what's going to happen four or five years later? Right? Like, where are we going to be at? What's going to be the trickle effect when this is still airing afterwards too? Right? And you said that that ninth grader that you know saw it for the first time. Now they're going to be a college freshman four years later. It's like, oh yeah, oh now that makes sense. Yeah, got it. Cool. Yeah, I should definitely choose storage college. Right? I mean, we were watching the college hunks hauling junk episode season one episode one like to try to figure out like valuations. They're a very different business from us, but it's the only like moving company that's been on there too. So. It's uh, it's cool to see that come full spectrum as well. It is, it is. I mean, look, the the I always say that doing, uh, this show and and you know podcasting and blogging. I mean, I've been doing it all since '96, so two years before you were born, <laughs> I've been doing this. Uh, Ten years old, writing about video games on the internet uh, and bringing communities of people that love video games together. Uh, you know, to me, it's, it's all about the people. It's all about the relationships, uh, no matter what community, no matter what I've, you know, done it, it just, it's always about the, the relationships, the conversations. And I always say like, I don't really read books. I'm a slow reader, uh, but I read people and I read those stories and learn from those experiences. And I love to share those experiences with other people. Cause I think that's one of the easiest ways to learn. And if you're a slow reader like me, then, you know, this is an opportunity to to do so. So I, I appreciate you coming on, Sam, and um, I I wish you and Matt both the best uh, in in this endeavor. And uh, please tell everyone where they can go to get their their stuff moved, or their kids' stuff moved, or their nieces, or uh, nephews, or grandchildren stuff moved. Yeah, check out storagescholars.com. Um, you can go on our website. You can sign up there if you're interested, not only for getting a move. Um, also, if you know anyone that wants to move or anybody in the education space, right? Like we, we sell um, and make partnerships with different people in the school administration. So you can go on our website on the contact page as well. And hey, I want to apply to work. Hey, I know somebody that might be interested in you. 
go on there, check us out. Also follow us on Instagram and Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, ton of great spot to keep updated on our journey, but appreciate the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, you know, it's funny. I, it's dark websites are like a mystery to me. Like I've done tons of web design over the years and I always feel like whenever you use black as the background, it's like the hardest, it's so much harder than white. So have you, have you found that at all? I mean, I don't know. You're not designing the website or are you? No. Yeah. I designed it for sure. Um, it, it was, uh, I got a ton of feedback from like a uh, conceptual standpoint that black is super difficult and it's incredibly hard to have the readability on there and also like dark mode versus light mode on people's phones and such. But same time, every single time somebody goes to the website, they make some sort of comment on it. I think having a, a lasting impression is super important. And we really are trying to be like the Uber black, the luxury version of a moving and storage company. I think there's a lot of moving and storage companies that are white websites and they're orange and blue and green. It's like no one had a black website. So um, wanted to stand out not only on campus, but in our and keep our brand presence consistent um, across the web. So it's been difficult to actually make it work. Would love to, to <laughs> double click on this offline if you have any feedback on it. But uh, it's, it's a talking point, right? So uh, that, that's been the most important part so far. Well, look, the, the, uh, it, 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 it's good to stand out, you know, and be, and be different. It's just, you know, any, any, I always find it hard to read black text on or white text on black. Right. And, um, but with that said, I, I, I like dark mode, uh, except for the fact that when I don't, because you're like, oh, I'm using this app. Oh, this dark mode, dark mode. And then boom, like the one that's not dark mode is like, you know, blinding you like a flashbang going <laughs> off in your bedroom. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's so, it's so tough. A lot of times I don't even, I try, like, I'll just dim the screen. Cause like, I don't want that effect of like, oh, everything's dark. Everything's dark until boom, you go to a web page that's not dark or you go open up yeah. a new tab and it's like, it doesn't conform with the dark. Like, I don't understand. Dark mode has been around for quite a while now, probably like a decade. How is it not a thing? Like, con like a consistent thing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and that gets even more complicated with uh like our email campaigns and stuff that we're sending out like something you don't even realize like we'll, we'll maybe put our logo at the top right and it looks super clean right but then when it's when someone's phone is dark mode it inverses and you can't even like see the logo or you see them this like square outline that we have no idea that looks super messy and disgusting right so there's i think maybe more so like getting ahead of it and just making our website dark and always playing to both sides saves us from having different pictures and text and stuff like that it looked great on my screen because that's what i see it on and then it doesn't translate from dark mode to light mode well you know just from from thinking about that right having having a dark website like just the example i gave about being in the bedroom using your phone and boom like it's super bright uh you know if you're if you have a roommate or roommates in the same room it's like I'm I'm going through the website and trying to book my stuff in the middle of the night while everybody's around me might be sleeping. You know, it's one less thing that's like bright and 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 obnoxious to everybody else who's trying to sleep. Yeah, and and also for us too, it's like we're not people aren't spending hours on our website, right? And we have a lot of video content, and we're trying to push them. Like we we oftentimes we're capturing people 
from outside sources, a lot of like in-person traffic too. And the website is more of a point of, of legitimacy. Hey, they do have a website. Hey, how can I, how can I get to the sign up button the quickest as possible? And actually, if you click sign up, our portal, like the sign up process too, is not dark, right? It's white. So the, oh, the God, part that yeah, they're actually, just... <laughs> right, like the part that they're actually engaging with, right, where they're like re- putting in, hey, the details of my move here, here's where I'm uploading, like uploading my photos, like the part that they're actually using as from a customer standpoint over and over again is in white. So it should be easier, easier to read. So it's more of a branding thing from the front end of the website. Yeah. Yeah. I, it just, it just stands out to me. Cause like anytime I've ever tried to build a dark website, cause I think dark websites look cool, like from a, uh, just an aesthetic point of view, but it's just so like to, you know, like we said, it's, it's just so much harder to build for because you get things that have like white borders around. So then you got to go and make sure that those white borders are cut out because otherwise it's, gonna look you know like uh an example might be like this this uh box here right like there might be a white an extra white border around it that you couldn't see well if there was like an outline i guess of the box and then a white border like you wouldn't see that you wouldn't have to worry about on a white background but uh or even but you know buttons the you know any anything basically becomes a a problem uh unless you're custom building all the graphics to go to go with it or editing those graphics to to be there but uh but yeah no we can uh <laughs> we can talk about that that yeah that is i didn't even realize you're your site you, know, you click sign up now and then bam you're you get the blind you get the blindness <laughs> you get the flashbang <laughs> yep flashbang in the eye uh so anybody i apologize to anybody who was watching this on their phone in the dark and it was kind of like yeah it wasn't that bright and then I just brought up this big screen of white, <laughs> but um, no. But Sam, uh, Sam, I I greatly, greatly appreciate you uh, taking the time to be here today, and and it's it's been awesome. I'm glad we were able to fit it into the schedule. And um, again, good luck. And if uh, if there's anything I can do for you guys, please don't hesitate to reach out. And we'll, you know, we'll be in contact. I'll let you know if I'm down in uh, in Austin at some point. Maybe I'd like to. I have a couple of friends down there. Uh, cool. but if you're, if you're in the Philadelphia area at all, coming to any of the Philadelphia area colleges, let me know, man. I'm in the area. Cool. Cool. You pen this year. So we'll definitely, we'll definitely be around oh, there. Sweet. My brother also, my brother also just moved there too. So I will, oh. I will have a reason to be up there at, at some point in the next 12 months. So well, let me know. Friend, you got yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just saying, we'll go get, we'll go get some cheesesteaks. Hopefully, uh, gyms on South will be open by then. That's my, hey. that's my favorite. <laughs> Love it. Well, Joe, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, Absolutely. Rest, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for making it all the way to this, to, to the ending of this episode of Tank Tales. I don't even think I said that at the beginning, Tank Tales at the beginning of this episode. Anyway, I'll see you in one of these two videos. If you haven't watched Sam and Matt's pitch, we'll click up here. If not, I'll see you in the one down below. Take care and Kobe super.